You're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Venom Audio Network. This episode of The Way Home Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at the Christian Standard Bible. Just a quick word about the CSB translation. I have come to really enjoy it and love it over the last couple of years, and I use it in my preaching and also in my personal devotional study. Well, I'd like to commend to you uh, the CSB Single Column Bible. It's one of the first Bibles as part of the Holman Handcrafted Collection, and it features an elegant single column page design with wide margins printed on high quality Bible paper to enhance readability. This is a really nice Bible. It's handcrafted with the highest quality authentic grain genuine leather and constructed with a Smithstone reinforced binding with edge line and leaves. This distinctive Bible is guaranteed to last a lifetime. I don't know about you, but I've been through several Bibles in my preaching, teaching ministry, and there's something about having a good Bible that feels good in your hands, that is easy to read. Also, the single column is really nice for readability and has just a lot of really uh, great features in it. It's got wide margins so that you can do some writing and journaling in there if that's what you like to do. You can get 30% off this Holman handcrafted Bible if you use the code the way home at lifeway.com. So go to lifeway.com and use the special code the way home and get 30% off this Holman handcrafted Bible. Hello and welcome to the way home podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Uh, This is Dan Darling and we have a great guest lined up for you once again, so you will enjoy this conversation. His name is Don Wilton, and he had the distinction of being Billy Graham's pastor. Don Wilton is a pastor of First Baptist Church in Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina, and uh, he shares in this conversation about how he got to know Billy Graham. Billy Graham would watch his preaching program on television and Wilton would go up to uh, Billy Graham's place up there in uh, near Asheville, North Carolina, Black Mountain, and would go up there and, and really minister to this uh, great evangelist. And just just think about that kind of uh, opportunity, responsibility of ministering to someone who has such a huge platform, who has preached to millions of people around the world, and yet is a human being as flawed and frail as anybody and has real spiritual needs. I think you're going to enjoy uh, this conversation. He has a new book out called uh, Saturdays with Billy, and he talks just about his life and his recollection and some of the things he learned from Billy Graham and things that he learned uh, just about what it's like to to pastor someone who's that famous. Most of us will never have that kind of brush with fame, but you may have someone in your church, if you're a pastor church leader who has fame or is famous and kind of needs the church and needs your counsel as a pastor just to kind of help them spiritually and not kind of seek anything from them. Don Wilton has some really good insights on how to do all that. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Before we get to that, though, I just want to invite you again to NRB 2021. As most of you know, I'm Senior Vice President of the National Religious Broadcasters, and we have our big convention here in a week or two, and we're very excited about that. You can still register. Go to nrbconvention.org. We're going to have great guests speaking, Paula Ferris, to uh, Tony Evans, to Mark Joe, president of Moody, to leaders in uh, the communication world from places like Lagos Bible Software, Faith Life, to people from Right Now Media, 
and a lot of other places. Uh, this is really the largest gathering of Christian media, Christian communicators. So we'd love for you to be there. You can go to uh, nrbconvention.org. And if you register and use the coupon code WAYHOME21, WAYHOME21, you can get uh, a significant discount. So please go to nrbconvention.org use a discount way home 21. Okay, let's join our conversation with Don Wilton. Well, I'm glad to have on the podcast, Don Wilton. Don, thanks for joining me today. Well, absolute pleasure, total joy. Thank you for having me on, Dan. So I wanted to have you on I have to be honest with you because of the the Billy Graham connection that you have and longtime friendship. Just to introduce myself, my, my father became a Christian through the ministry of Billy Graham. The 1971 at the 1971 crusade, my father walked forward. He had come from a um, uh, broken home, a dysfunctional home, not a Christian home in any sense. I mean, they were sort of mainline, but they really didn't go to church. He became a Christian. It changed the trajectory of their whole family in, in a powerful way. And so, you know, I'm here as a, as a as a believer in part because of Billy Graham, because of my dad becoming a Christian, then raising us in the church. So, you know, I have a great appreciation for, for Billy Graham and, and, and so thankful for, for him. So that's why I wanted to have you on. And uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. And what, you know, what you say is just gets to my heart. Um mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Graham is in heaven now, but I just can tell you that he probably loved and would have loved to have hear me tell him about your dad mm. and your life, which is what I would have said to him were I having lunch with him today. He loved to hear about people giving their lives to Christ and changing the trajectory of not only their family, but for generations to come. And you've just borne testimony to that. You couldn't have pinpointed a better starting point to talk about Dr. Billy Graham with me. Mm. Well, let's talk about uh, Billy Graham. So you you have go way back with him, uh, both as his pastor in South Carolina, and then also, um, um, you know, teaching at the Billy Graham Center of the Cove and teaching at his training. But I want to go back. Tell me about the first time you met you. Well, first of all, tell me the first time you heard about Billy Graham, and then tell me the first time that you met Billy Graham. <laughs> well, like all of us, I heard about uh, Mr. Graham years ago. I grew up in South Africa, and uh, I remember when he came there in a crusade when I was just very young, and the stand that he took uh, for the gospel, and the stand that he took. Uh, when it came to the apartheid system and racial segregation, I remember that as a young, as a, as a teenager, very, very well indeed. And then, of course, I came to the United States well over 40 years ago. And um, very shortly thereafter, I began to, I was invited to be part of the Billy Graham Schools of Evangelism. Um, I was part of the faculty teaching that was associated with training uh, teaching pastors and encouraging getting ready for crusades. Uh, in 1993, and I'm trying to be very brief, um, I was very privileged to be called 
to the First Baptist Church of Spartanburg, South Carolina, which has an incredible television ministry on the very first Sunday, Dan, 1993. My phone rang when I went back to my office. My first Sunday. And uh, lo and behold, um, it was Dr. Billy Graham on the line. Now, I didn't quite comprehend that to begin with, <laughs> but he has such a distinctive brogue. Right. And he and Mrs. Graham were so gracious to me. They were calling ostensibly to welcome me because they'd watched me on television and they invited me to come up the house. And the rest is history. So for almost 25 years, that friendship grew into what it became. And I became so privileged to sit at the feet of this most incredible man of God for all these years. Mm. And so uh, the title of your book is Saturdays with Billy. So tell me about that. Did, did you spend Saturdays with him, I, I take it? I would, I would suggest to you that probably for the first 15, 16 years, I mostly only went up on Saturdays. Um, it suited Mr. Graham. He was very busy, as one can only imagine. And so he would come home most of the time on Saturdays, and he would be at home on Sunday watching me on television, worshiping with us. And then for me as a busy pastor and a preacher and teacher of the Word of God, it just became a sort of uh, very a good time. I would leave my home at 10.30 on Saturday mornings and get home early Saturday evening. And I would have lunch with him, spend the afternoon with him, go walking, fellowshipping, laughing. But, you know, um, that developed that relationship. Uh, and it was only in 2003 that he formally asked me if he could uh, join our church. And I became his pastor, so to speak. So friend and then pastor. And, and those two were so very precious. So Saturdays with Billy is not a biography, Dan. They're wonderful biographies about Mr. Graham, as we all know. This is a very intimate, personal account of just two men, as seen through my eyes, uh, extending the life and legacy and, above all, the witness for the Lord Jesus of this remarkable man. So Sad Days with Billy, the book that I've written, which has great pictures, personal pictures, all the chapters are particular themes developed around the heartbeat of Dr. Billy Graham. And, and my prayer is that it just continues to add to the amazing legacy of this most unusually precious, gracious, humble, uh, famous servant of the Lord. And, and I'll spend the rest of my life trying to get all that together. Yeah. Well, what's interesting to me um, is that you were, in many ways, you served as Billy Graham's pastor in a way, that you pastored him both through your TV preaching, but also by visiting with him. What's that like to, you know, here's a famous evangelist uh, who is, you know, preached around the world to millions of millions of people. How is it? What is it like to pastor someone like that? Extraordinarily humbling. If I may, when this first began, it was surreal because I knew the, the impact of this man's life. He, 
This man, the people who called and came to see him were presidents, prime ministers, kings, queens, famous athletes. And I became involved in all of that. And here I was in, in this extremely intimate, very personal, one-on-one relationship with this man that I, I looked up to so much. And, and I could talk for five hours just on that. What, what, what was it about him? This is what my book, Saturdays with Billy, tries to portray, is to give the side of what was it about Billy Graham that God would have used him to this extent? What, what came out of his heart? And who was this man? And that's the side that I saw. I was with him most of the time, just the two of us. So, Dan, let me give you a picture. If, if our listeners were to try and picture Don Wilton and Billy Graham sitting together, here's the picture. You ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. You have a picture. You have a picture of a nobody who thought he was a somebody sitting, talking with a somebody who really thought he was a nobody. Everything was backwards. He was so like Jesus. And most people, the closer you get to them, the more you realize they have clay feet. My 25 years, all the way until God called Mr. Graham home to heaven, which I was privileged to be a part of that, it was the exact opposite. I saw in him the face of God's grace. I learned so much. I, I, I never stopped. It was like being a proverbial seminary class, so to speak. And for me as a pastor, I can tell you to have Dr. Billy Graham say to me, what are you preaching on tomorrow? It is, it is a very interesting question. And here's an even better one, Dan, which you can laugh about. For me to go up there and say to me, now, Don, let's talk about your second point from last week's message on television. <laughs> you know, that'll put the fear of the Lord into you, I promise right. you. But he was so gracious about it. There was His only purpose was to seek after the heart of God in that discussion and to build me up. That's all he was interested in and point everything to Jesus. You would think that I was the important person. Now, how silly is that? It's hmm. just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's got to be something too, Don, about your demeanor and your disposition he could trust. Because, you know, one of the things I've heard when I've talked to folks who are well-known, that it's hard for them to go to places like go to church or go to other places because, or even, you know, everybody wants to be near them. And it does seem like everybody has a motive, you know, Hey, Billy Graham, can you endorse this? Can you sign this? Can you give to this? Can you, whatever. I'm sure that happened for him at a, an exponential level. Um, so you probably learned a lot about what it's like to pastor a celebrity, right? I mean, there are pastors that, you know, that we know the pastors, there are people in our churches that are well-known people and kind of want a place where they can be just normal people. So how did you approach that? And, and, and what was that like? Well, Dan, you, you, thank you for speaking to that. I approached that 
as as time went on with, with just a great sense of awe and amazement in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, and increasingly as the years went by, and I I don't please don't don't hear me say this because I I think Dan that that God taught me the value of pastoral confidentiality. God taught me the value that every pastor needs a pastor. God taught me that it doesn't matter what the world sees or how much a person has or their ability or their inability. We all have hearts and we all have families and our bodies all die, Dan, and they deteriorate. And we all deal with difficulties and we all face criticisms and you know, the whole gamut of, of human experience. Um, as I've said many times to my staff, every time we go into church, if I may use that as an illustration, you give any church of any description, always remember that there's a broken heart on every pew. And if you remember that there's a broken heart on every pew, it does something to your soul spirit, infiltrates your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ by his spirit. And it takes your compassion level into the heart of God. And it, it puts a whole dim, different dynamic on things. It gives you a fresh, uh, maybe, value of, of life, that there are things that are more important, actually, than what sometimes we think they are. And at the end of the day, um, when it all comes down to it, Prime Ministers, kings and queens, and I was privileged to pastor one of the uh, most well-known and beloved people in the world, Dan, and, uh, you know, without exaggeration. And I know that, and I saw that, and yet, at the same time, he he was a man just like me, uh, a father and a grandfather. He He loved Miss Ruth with such a beautiful love. I mean, what a passionate love that never diminished. I, he taught me when she died and went to heaven, he taught me what it means to grieve and yet not without hope. He, he helped me to understand the human heart. He, he placed his hands on me every time I was with him and he would pray for me. Mm. And it was more than just a word. I have a tendency to say, I'll pray for you, brother. Mm. But do I really pray for you? There is a whole gamut. You know, you'll, our readers and listeners will laugh at this. After I'd written Sad Days with Billy, our publishers and so on said to me, seems to me you could write another six books. I said, well, uh, it's not about the books, but there is so much in my heart about this, this dear man. Because how do you encompass or capture such a unique, precious, God-glorifying, global-impacting person who has led so many people to the foot of the cross and to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we cried together, Dan, and we laughed, brother. Um, I, I used to love, if I may say, I used to love, we would sit there and laugh our heads off. I, I, he loved it when I teased him. <laughs> Not many people could tease Mr. Graham. And I had that unique relationship. 
uh, where sort of tongue-in-cheek I was able to say, now, Mr. Graham, I think you're being far too humble right now in a, in a joking kind of way. I mean, who would say that to Billy Graham? But we had this, this incredibly deep, personal, close, pastoral relationship that really was only superseded by the friendship. Pastoring is friendship. Preaching mm -hmm. is friendship. Preaching the gospel is not a lecture. It's not thumping. It's not about pointing a finger. It's, it's about sharing the love of Christ. It's, it's not about compromise. It's about conviction. And he taught me that. And he, he showed me that. And I should imagine not in my entire life will I ever get to that point. But I'm trying jolly hard uh, to ask the Lord Jesus to help me to be more like the Lord Jesus. And really, Dan, Saturdays with Billy, which is very unique. People are, you know, everybody said there's nothing written about Billy Graham like this book because I had that very personal relationship. Now, don't get me wrong. He had a lot of friends, Dan, wonderful people that he really loved. But he 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 only had one pastor in that type of relationship. It was unique. And I thank God for that. And I'm praying that the Lord would even take the pages of this book in their simplest approach and that other people's lives would be enriched and blessed because of the life of Mr. Graham. You know, I feel like there's an attempt a little bit lately to go back and rewrite the legacy of Billy Graham by a lot of folks who I think misunderstood Billy Graham or, you know, I feel like some, some folks have tried to kind of tarnish his legacy. Obviously he was an imperfect man, but how, how do you feel about some of those things? You know, I've been reading a lot lately about folks wanting to, I don't know, make him more political than he was or exaggerate his flaws or even like assign blame to him for things that maybe he was not responsible for. So maybe talk about some, some of those things. Well, Dan, you know, my, my response um, is that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the reality is that we're living in a day and age where whatever can be done to discredit the witness of Christ is going to be done. It's going to come also from very some very surprising places. So it's not unexpected when one considers the nature of spiritual warfare. And so while Mr. Graham was alive, and, and by the way, I do have one of my chapters is entitled Billy's Regrets, where I do talk just about one or two things that I felt comfortable being able to talk about, his relationship with uh, Richard Nixon and uh, one or two of the other things that just troubled him so much. He was a man that received criticism. Uh, he had tremendous battles. He was uh, in the world, but not of the world. Um, he had to battle against governments, people, satanic attacks, uh, you name it, all those sorts of things. And so it would not be a surprise that there are some who would try to detract and diminish uh, his witness. Uh, there will be some who will try to 
basically build points for any particular agenda that they might have to ally themselves or to get an ally to themselves of the man of the caliber of Billy Graham. I know the truth and I know who he was and we talked and I am one of those people uh, that is able to say, this is what Mr. Graham believed and this is what he said and this is who he was. And I always believe that, uh, and I know I'm saying this in a biblical way, that the truth will set you free. That's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. But the truth uh, related to your life and mine, um, the honesty of it and the integrity of that will hold the line despite that, even though there would be detractors and people that might try to diminish that. So I fear, Mm. I do not fear that. Um, And one of the joys that um, I have is to partner, to be part of um, the ongoing legacy of Mr. Graham's faithful witness for the Lord Jesus. You've been pastoring for several decades. You're still faithfully expositing the word. What have you learned uh, in your time as a pastor, you know, when you first got into the ministry till now? I mean, what, what are some, what's changed in your mind in terms of pastoring? And uh, what maybe lessons would you like to impart to, uh, to younger pastors who are, who are starting out? Well, undoubtedly, um, in, in my experience, Dan, um, there, are, there are three levels that one needs to look at. First of all, the world at large. And the world has changed. It's a different world today. And one can talk uh, a lot about the things that the younger generation would know even better than I do. When it comes to social media accessibility, the fast moving pace of the world and the type of world in which our our children, sons and daughters and grandkids are growing up into today. Um, The world is is a a topsy-turvy world. And it's spinning quickly. Um, And it's a divided world. There is hardly a government in the world that is not split down the middle. So you can take a journey from the United States. You can go to Israel. They split down the middle. You can go to England. They split. France. They split down the middle. You can go to all the Western countries. They split politically, socially, and in every other way. They are split down the middle. There is a divided opinion. Coupled together with that, there is a dramatic increase in godlessness, uh, Mm. in a defiance of uh, the word of the living God and the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a hyper-religiosity and there is an accommodation of the gods of this world. So that's on a worldwide basis. Now let's talk about the church. Accompanying that, uh, the makeup, the fabric of the church, uh, the the character and personality of the church uh, has uh, morphed and it has begun to change because much of the church responds to the world. We battle to understand what it means to be in the world, but not of the world because we're human beings. We can understand that. So much of the church across the board, many of my Great friends who are Presbyterians and Methodists and Episcopalians mm. and Charismatics and Baptists, right, you know, right across the board, um, there is a a general uh, uh, endeavor uh, to try 
and allow or make the church look more like the world in order to accommodate the world. Mm. So the church has gone through um, a gradual struggle, and it affects everything. It affects even the way we preach. Um, it, it affects our motives and our methodologies. So let's put that on to ministers, to pastors like me and ministers of the gospel, men and women across the board. So the challenge for us who are called, as Mr. Graham was called, uh, is who do we, who are we faithful to and what do we stand upon? Where, where do we get our marching orders? Well, that's the fourth level. What does not change, Dan? Well, I can give you four things that is, have not changed. Number one, God is still on his throne. Number two, Jesus Christ is still the savior of the world. Mm, Number three, the Holy Spirit is still our greatest resource, not the internet. The Holy Spirit is. And number four, heaven is still preparing to come down. So if you take those four absolutes from God's word, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the promise of all that God has in store for us, our benchmark and our solid rock or the launch pad of who we are, regardless of the world in which we live, has never moved. It's exactly the same. So the challenge for us today, the challenge for me today, and the challenge for all of us as pastors, I talk to pastors all across the country. I'm doing another one on Friday in Charlotte, North Carolina. I encourage them because we're all in a battlefield and we're all experiencing the challenge of change. And we're all experiencing the challenge of conflict. And so where can we go? We've got to go back to the solid rock upon which we stand. We've got to be reminded of that. And we've got to renew our fellowship in and through the Lord Jesus Christ upon his word. Now, Mr. Graham would teach me that. <laughs> That's what he would bring me back to all the time. That's where he would come to. He would... He would always come back and he would look at me and he'd talk about me. <laughs> Say, you, Don, can I tell you this, Dan? This is classic. One of the things I asked him, and I might have written this in Saturdays with Billy. In fact, I think I did. Uh, you know, toward the end of his life, I looked at him one day and I had a tear running down my cheek and we'd been talking about his funeral and he'd asked me to preach in his funeral service and lead the whole thing. And we were chatting about all the stuff and and he had so many wishes that he wanted to share with me. And I looked at him. I said to him, Brother Billy, I said, who, who's next? Who, who's going to carry the torch? Who, who's the next Billy Graham? <laughs> you know, Dan, he looked at me and he said, without batting an eyelid, he said, why, you are, Don. And I've got to admit to all our listeners today, Dan, for just a second, if you'll allow me. Oh, man, I thought to myself. Wow, Dr. Billy Graham thinks that highly of me. He's <laughs> chosen me. I'm it. I'm the next Billy Graham. And before I had any time to let the peacock go for a run around the yard, he added, and so is every man and every woman who knows mm. and loves Jesus. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> what a story. And that's a great, that's a great place to to wrap up our conversation, uh, 
I I love talking about Billy Graham, and I'm so glad you joined my podcast. Um, Don Wilton, who's the author of many books, he's uh, you have a wonderful radio and uh, television ministry and, and pulpit ministry that first got to Spartanburg, and uh, have this great new book called Saturdays with Billy, which we'll put links to that in the show notes. So thankful for you uh, coming on and talking about Billy Graham, who just holds a, a wonderful place in my heart. Uh, because of the legacy of faith in my own family and how he's connected with that. But Don Wilton, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for this great privilege. God bless you, brother. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Way Home Podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at at Dan Darling on Twitter or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Darling. I also want to encourage you again to check out my latest book, Away With Words, and you can visit awaywithwordsbook.com. Thank you for listening again to The Way Home Podcast. This is a production of the National Religious Broadcasters. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.